We work hard as physicians to take care of the health and well-being of our patients. But when it comes to our money, do we have the same condition of care? Probably, probably not. Let's change that together. Welcome to the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast, where we'll fight and advocate for your financial literacy. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. Thanks for being here. Let's jump into the show. Hey guys, I want to welcome you guys to the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. We've got a great episode this week. Before we begin, please hit the subscribe button as well as the notifications bell and be sure to like, comment, and share if you like this episode and we'll get into this week's sponsor and show. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This week's episode is sponsored by CityVest. CityVest has quickly become the most popular and best way for doctors to invest in top-performing real estate private equity funds that are usually reserved for institutional investors. This unique access to investing in these institutional funds is available for the first time ever through CityVest's easy and secure online investment platform. CityVest does the hard work of conducting due diligence and vetting the investments. They even get a third-party due diligence report that is posted on their website. As a result of aggregating a several million dollar investment amount into their access funds, CityVest gains access to investing in the institutional investment and is able to negotiate better investment terms such as a 12% preferred return. You can check them out at cityvest.com or go to the link in the show notes below. Now on to the show. Before we begin today's content, here is a quick disclaimer. The information and material presented here is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice. The content is not a recommendation to buy or to sell. Some of the content may be for credited investors only or may be sponsored posts. Every investment carries risks. Results have not been verified. So carefully weigh those risks against your investment goals and objectives and see if acting on the information matches with your investment thesis. Do your due diligence prior to investing. And as always, do not invest more than you can afford to lose. So welcome everybody to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. And I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as usual, we talk about four types of freedom, financial, emotional, time, and location freedom. And my mission is to empower everyone to achieve financial freedom early. And so I try to bring guests and content and information to help inspire you, empower you, and educate you so that you can be on your journey. So today we have a guest, um, is Michael Grace. And um, really what's interesting is he's gonna talk about blending technology, business, people, and it's gonna be a really fascinating uh, interview. Um, 
Michael is passionate about the power of technology to transform business and allow them to be more competitive with reduced costs. So uh, without much ado, Michael, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks for your podcast. And uh, I love the premise and what you're trying to do to enable folks to uh, live their best life. Yeah. Yeah. I know, uh, you know, we were talking backstage and um, what's really interesting is, uh, you know, initially it was for physicians and now it's grown to more of a wider audience. And um, so I, I introduced you, but I, I know you have more to tell. So tell us about all yourself, how you got started and we can go from there. Sure. Absolutely. Thank you. So I've uh, kind of grown up in healthcare uh, for the last 25 years or so. I've been either uh, an IT leader on the provider side for really large healthcare systems like uh, Dignity Health or uh, Common Spirit Health, as they're called now. Um, I've been on the consulting side for large firms like Deloitte uh, and smaller firms uh, to kind of tax accountancy firms like Moss Adams. Uh, and I've kind of bounced back and forth rather purposefully uh, with a mission to really uh, understand the provider space and what are the needs um, with really the goal of how do we change healthcare? How do we allow providers to spend more time with patients and, and less on you know, the administrative burden? And then I bounce back over to consulting and I try to change things. And then I bounce back over to the, you know, the provider space and, and get more intel um, so I've really spent my career, you know, I hate to say trying to change healthcare because that has a very negative connotation to make healthcare seem like it's broken. Um, but I think it could definitely be better and could definitely provide a better patient experience and, and really allow providers to provide more, right? And, and, you know, the more patients you see, obviously, the more revenue um, you get, um, and there's just a lot of, there's a lot of waste in that equation of connecting providers, uh, with, with patients and automation is a great way to kind of automate all the behind the scenes stuff that the patients don't really care about. The <laughs> providers don't really enjoy, um, you know, so let's, let's automate all of that and make this as seamless as possible and bring two people together, both, both patient and, and provider and really have meaningful discussions about their health and their care without all the administrative nonsense that we've uh, got in place in healthcare. Yeah, yeah, that's a fantastic um, introduction. And, uh, you know, uh, being coming from the healthcare, I really uh, see what you're talking about and being a consultant. So, um, you know, we'll get started. So exactly when you, um, you know, you're a business consultant and, you specialize in digital transformation, but tell the listeners more about what it is and, and how it fits into your business. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, people will tell you that I hate buzzwords like digital transformation. It sounds amazing. It sounds like we should all be doing it. And then you say, what is digital transformation? And everyone goes, ah, I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, it's really leveraging technology, whether that be software or hardware. And really taking that and, and, and doing something meaningful with it, right, to impact the business, whether that's freeing people up from, you know, living in spreadsheets and, and doing data entry uh, and letting them be more present and more patient facing. Um, it, or it could be, you know, really looking at larger problems, like how do we better schedule an OR, you know, so that we 
we don't have doctors booking four hours for a procedure when really they they never used it more than two hours. And every time they book four hours, we waste two hours, right? Or how do we bring tumor boards digital, right? How do we have people collaborating on better patient care in a virtual environment and leverage all the technology that's at place to, to give a great experience to our providers so they can give better patient care to their patients? Um, it, you know, and, and recently, uh, until very recently, until the pandemic, healthcare was kind of in this slow moving, you know, method of digital transformation. Then the pandemic hit and it was like, oh, shoot, we need to do this now. <laughs> and all of a sudden, suddenly digital transformation happened almost overnight, right? All the providers were able to see their patients remotely using telemedicine. Suddenly, we just like, at a click of a button, we were suddenly digitally transformed in healthcare, and and now that we're you know stabilizing a little bit on the pandemic, although you know I don't think we're out, but but you know we're starting to regress, right? It's kind of interesting. Like people are like, oh, all this technology is too much. I've got to go back to the normal ways that we provided care. So it's it's interesting, but um, that's my passion. My passion is to really understand the business problem. What does the provider want to do? What does the organization want to do? What problem are we trying to solve? And then, you know, let me dig into my bag of tricks of technology and bring things like RPA or, or process automation, or sometimes you just have a terrible process, or maybe you have bad people and you just need somebody to come in and go, hey, sorry to say, but like this person, they're a little overhead and they they just aren't cutting it, right? It's, it's easier for a consultant to do than, than uh, somebody who's in the day-to-day. Yeah, yeah, you, you mentioned something uh, called robotic process automation, RPA. Uh, briefly, just describe what it is and why it's a game changer. I uh, love it. So, so RPA, um, you know, the other misnomer I think around technology is that it's really expensive and nobody can afford it. Um, robotic process automation, it, you know, the software for it is is relatively consumable and affordable for your, for a license, and it's like I call it digital labor. So it's like adding an actual person. Uh, to your workforce that can go around and do tasks that your staff doesn't want to do. It can do things like open and read emails, right, through through OCR scanning. Uh, it can send emails. It can process files. It can go get files. It can do computational uh, analysis. Um, it really can do anything that you do on a computer. It can log into Epic or Cerner or Allscripts or any of the systems that you use. Um, it can, it can wait, right? Like if you're like, oh, I've got to send Dr. Lou a file. And when I get it back, then I need to go do this, right? You're like, ah, the the robotic process automation can't do that. What if it takes them three days or five days or 10 days? It it actually can. It's a form of artificial intelligence. I hate using that term also because it's not really intelligent. Um, and it doesn't have feelings, Although it can do sentiment analysis, you know, if Dr. Lou types me an email in all caps using several expletives and I can sentiment analysis that Dr. Lou's pretty upset with me, I better pay attention uh, to that email, right, and route it differently. It can do all of that. So it's really advanced, started about 15 years ago in Europe, uh, in the financial industry, all the big banks in the U.S. use a lot of it. Healthcare is a little laggard, right? We're... um, we're probably uh, on uh, just getting started on that journey along with like retail and such. 
where other industries have been further along. So it, it's relatively inexpensive. It's relatively quick to deploy. Um, you know, a few months, less than $25,000 for a license, depending on the technology. Um, and, you know, you literally can automate an FTE's worth of work um, or two or three with just one robot license. So it becomes a bit of a game changer. And I used to say um, that RPA and that type of technology used to be a competitive advantage. And that's no longer the case, right? It's now really a competitive necessity because all the other players are doing it. Your competitors are doing it. So if you're not at least paying attention to it and seeing how you can integrate it into your process, you're going to be outpaced, right? And these other folks are going to be able to do things faster and cheaper. They're going to have higher client satisfaction um, and, and lower costs, right? And we all know in business that's 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 a you know that's a losing situation if you're on the other end of that. Yeah, yeah, it's quite interesting. Uh, there was one um, I was reading one book by Peter Diamandis talking about um, just uh, software as a service and AI as a service, and talking about companies. Uh, moving into the um, fourth industrial age. And it was saying that, um, mm -hmm. you know, it'll be a necessity that such as you mentioned, and companies that don't implement these um, SaaS or AIAS uh, will be out of, you either survive or you'll be out of business. So um, that's quite interesting. Um, you know, you talk about a lot about technology and, um, you know, digital transformation, but uh, in your work, you really focus on other things and you, you describe something as uh, the, the focus should not be on technology. What, what do you mean by that and expand on that? Uh, that's a great question. So people get, um, you know, the software vendors are not your friends. Um, meaning if you type in, if you're following along at home and you open a Google browser and you type in RPA, you're gonna be overwhelmed by everybody claiming they've got the panacea for whatever your problem is, right? If you need to solve a business process, oh, they can fix it. If you need to solve uh, you know, a technology issue, they can fix it. And people get like sold, right? They get sold by these software vendors, obviously, that their platform can fix everything. What they wind up doing, right? And we, I've seen it so many times in healthcare is they, they believe um, and they buy a bunch of licenses, they buy technology, and then when it comes time to having that technology solution their business problem, well, it tends to fall short, right? So I always say, let's focus first on the business problem, right? Let's really look at what is the problem and, and what do we want the answer to be, right? You tell me the perfect state of how you want your, your business to be or how it to operate or the experience for your patient. Um, and then let me kind of solution that, right? And we usually start with how are you doing at current state? We look for problems in the business process. That has nothing to do with technology, right? You just might have an old or outdated process that just needs to be updated. That's free, by the way, right? Like it's free for you to look at your own processes and fix those. Uh, you don't need me or, or a technology to do that. Um, so fix your process first. And then really look at what is the automation opportunity, right? Is it things like, could it be chatbots? Could it be RPA? Could it be, you just need some, some automation technology like a power automate that, oh, by the way, you might already own, um, right? But don't get hung up on, on all the different tools, right? Because when you look at a business process that tends to be really long, think of 
a patient that wants to go see a physician, right? There's all kinds of steps that happen in getting that patient in front of that physician. So when you think about that, then you have to look at it and go, okay, well, we could automate this because maybe they want to not call the doctor's office. Maybe they want to talk to a chatbot or maybe they want to be able to schedule online, right? Those are two different technologies. One vendor isn't going to solve both of those problems generally. And then maybe we need to automate getting the physician, the patient files so that the physician's prepared to see the patient, right? That could be an automation technology like a power automator or an RPA. So, so don't get hung up on the, on the how or what technology to bring to bear because chances are you need a quiver full of a variety of different arrows to solve the business problem. Focus on what is my business problem and then go find a solution provider that's really vested in your interests, not trying to sell you software and products. Um, don't buy the technology until you really figure out what it is you're trying to solve for. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We hope you don't mind this brief interruption from one of our affiliates. Today's affiliate is studentloanadvice.com. Studentloanadvice.com is a company powered by the white coat investor that specialize in helping professional students such as doctors, dentists, and other healthcare professionals navigate the complex and oftentimes confusing student loan landscape. They offer a consultation as well as services to help you save money when consolidating and paying back your student loans through their different options. You can go to their website, studentloanadvice.com forward slash FFFP. That's again, studentloanadvice.com forward slash FFFP to find out more, get signed up on their email list or schedule a call with Andrew Paulson. Now back to our show. I like that. Yeah, really the problem and then find the solution to that. And mm -hmm. it may not be technology, it could be people, it could be software, anything. So uh, that's very insightful. Now in today's healthcare, I know, be, you know doctors say, or almost everybody says the system is broken. Um, you know, it's very bureaucratic and cumbersome and very slow, inefficient, very expensive. So uh, what are some, you know, like healthcare, if I'm a C healthcare CEO and I want to bring my organization into the 21st century, what are some game-changing technologies organizations should be looking at? Yeah, for, first of, you know, we just went through, I'd say the last decade, we probably spent a decade working on what we thought was a transformational technology, which was EHRs, right? Um, we're like, we're gonna modernize healthcare and we're gonna get an EHR. All you did is take a bunch of paper and make it really difficult to, to discern and get to and access and, and such. And then you put it in this massive system like Epic. People are so excited about Epic, um, unless you're a user of Epic and then you're like, oh, okay, it's all right. but it still really doesn't transform healthcare, right? And we spent billions and trillions of dollars 
doing all this EHR journey. And I don't care if you're a small physician practice, right? You have an EHR, or if you're a provider in a really large space, or you're a patient and you go to the doctor, right? You're interacting in some way with these large monolith EHR systems that honestly aren't transformational. They didn't transform anything, right? The patient experience is relatively still the same. Um, so really when I look at it, I really look at um, trying to transform healthcare again in that person-to-person -person context, right? Um, so I've deployed systems where the physician doesn't stand behind, we used to call them cows, right, or wows, workstations on wheels, these big barriers to the physician being anywhere near the patient, right, gone are the days where the physician actually reaches out, you know, and, and touches the patient because, you know, like we've got all this craziness there, but, you know, getting like the EHR on tablets, so that the, the physician can sit next to the patient and like show the patient like, hey, oh, here's your x-rays here. And you're sitting next to the patient, not projecting on some wall, right? Um, we've done things with uh, registration, right? Where you walk in and there's this huge line of people waiting to talk to a receptionist to give them their insurance information. Are, are you kidding me? Like what century are we in, right? So we've uh, done a, um, I'm, I'm probably under NDA and I'm probably going to break it, but it's so cool. I'm just going to talk about it anyway. Uh, we've partnered with a system that you might see in the airport. They wear checkered shirts and they do biometric identification. Um, and what we did is we said, hey, how, can't we keep like their insurance card information and a payment card on file? And then we could just have a couple terminals and they could walk up. We could biometrically identify that Michael Grace is here for his appointment. Okay, we could use automation and we could um, verify that his insurance is valid. We could understand what his copay is. We could tell him, like, would you like to pay your $35 copay? Yes, I would. Click. Okay, they've now paid their copay, right? All in a matter of seconds. Oh, and then we can send a text to the provider and let the provider know hey, Michael Grace is in the, in the waiting room. And oh, while we were biometrically identifying him, we've taken a picture of his face. Here's what he looks like. So when you open the door, you don't go, Michael Grace, Michael Grace, <laughs> Michael Grace out here, right? You can simply walk over to the person and say, oh, hi, I'm Dr. Liu. Would you like to come back now? Totally a transformational experience, right? Think about that kind of experience from a patient perspective versus the insanity that we do today, right? So, so we can change healthcare in a lot of ways that are meaningful to the patient, leveraging technology for not a lot of cost. Um, I think we're just resistant to that kind of change. We're a little too pre-bought into the EHR is going to save the world, um, and I, I think, you know, we're all starting to realize that the EHR isn't probably coming to our rescue anytime soon. If anything, it makes our life a little bit more complicated. Um, so so there's, there's, there's changes coming. I think there's a lot of small startups. If you really look at healthcare and look at the startup space, um, a lot of companies in that startup space with really great ideas on, on, on ways to, to transform that patient experience and provide better healthcare. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's so many opportunities for um, game-changing innovation, technology, software, systems, processes. Yeah, there's there's actually a joke um, among uh, physician, the whole healthcare community, that the um, Epic, the Cerner system, was just turned everybody into uh, click 
clicking buttons and and it was a you know was way for the insurance companies to to bill more and charge more so it was really it was really for just so the hospitals could bill more and charge more and, and increase revenue it wasn't really to change anything so um, yeah, but, it, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy right I had to go for um, I, I was serving a local hospital here in Arizona down in southern Arizona and they required a TB test and I couldn't find my copy so I had to go to CVS I had to go get a TB test oh. right they gave me the shot and then they, I was sitting there and I was like can I go and she's like oh she's just diligently like on her keyboard and I'm like what what do you like it took 10 seconds for the shot <laughs> but it took her 10 minutes to do all the documentation that she gave me a shot, right? Yeah. And then when I came back for the reading, the same thing, walked in, sat down, and she looks at my arm, she goes, you're negative. I said, okay. And then she goes, and I'm like, what are you doing? And she, 10 minutes again, where she's like, I've got a document that you're negative. I'm like, this is insane, right? And, and it's all the EHR. So the EHR has... Um, has created a real barrier. My my wife is a uh, is a ICU nurse now, a lung transplant coordinator, and I just watch all the stuff that she has to do. Right, and it's it's crazy. Like, oh, I've got a document in the donor network. I got a document in the EHR. I got a document here, a document there. Blah blah blah. And then she creates a shadow chart so her and her physician can talk to the physician. And it's a paper chart. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You're using Epic and Cerner. Like, what are you doing? And you have a paper chart that's the most important thing in her life. She carries them around, right? It, that tells me that the EHR has failed, right? If we're printing stuff out to create shadow charts and stuff, yeah. Epic, Epic, fa funny joke, Epic failure on the part of the EHR. Yeah, yeah, we could share so many stories, just, you know, just, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, patients should really demand better, right? Yeah. Like they should really hold their providers accountable to, to use better technology for their care, right? And I think the silent player in this space is Apple. Absolutely. Apple's been, Apple's been kind of absent by purpose, right? Apple waits for the right moment to do disruption. And I think it's coming from everything that I'm, I'm hearing. Uh -huh. um, they've silently been, you know, getting their watch really honed in. So now a watch can do an EKG. They've, they've got fall detection and EMS notification into their watches and, and their wearables. And Apple's slowly coming around the corner, I think, very silently to not draw attention. But I think Apple's going to enter the healthcare space here in a big way pretty soon. And you know what? Like the rest of their products, it's just going to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, uh, if if I think um, if people on the um, if healthcare organizations um, hire designers and engineers with the same mentality that you see at like um, Apple or Google or you know any of these um, the big tech companies, I think are we could progress so much faster. Um, and now, now we're on that subject. It's quite interesting. What uh, you see, um, how do you see that healthcare can improve by leveraging technology? Well, and, and I love what you said about designers, right? Because anytime I go into a, a customer or client, whether it be large healthcare system or, or providers, um, you, you know, they always want to tell me what they're doing today. And, and I always go, I, this is awesome. And they bring in boxes of stuff and they want to show me. And I'm like, I wouldn't be here if it was going great, right? You wouldn't have called me. 
So I, I appreciate you gathering all this stuff, but I don't want to talk about that, right? I want to do what designers do. I want to talk about what do you want your patient experience to be like? Yeah. Right. How, how do you want that, that to go? Right. And then I try to tell heartfelt stories that give people goosebumps, right? I look for goosebumps moments because healthcare should be that way, right? Where people don't seek out healthcare other than physicals and routine care. They generally don't seek out healthcare when they're perfectly healthy, right? Something's wrong. They don't feel good. They're having some sort of an issue, right? We need to care. We need to, we need to get out from behind technology and get a person with a person providing great care and figure out a way to get the technology to catch up to that moment behind the scenes, not be a barrier in between the two people to do it. Um, we, we've explored with things with companies called Nuance uh, that does a software that we use in the medical world called Dragon Medical One. Um, it's a great dictation software. It's kind of like Siri for physicians. It just happens to understand all the large complex words that we use in medicine to make ourselves sound impressive. And it, you know, we've done things like room monitor, right? We, we monitor everything that happens in the room and we've proven that if we monitor the entire room, we can fill out the charts, we can appropriately build the, the, the codes for insurance, we can capture the procedures that happen, we can capture all the, the stuff that was used. And why isn't that technology being used? A, because of the liability to the physicians if something happens that's wrong, right? Unfortunately, right, we're in a Sioux crazy world and um, the physician was doing trying to do the right thing and you know what, they're, sorry, Dr. Lou, but you're human, right? And occasionally you might make a mistake. It's not intentional, but, but because of that, right? We were like, ooh, we can't, we can't capture all this because you know, there's no way to, 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 to get out of this, even though it could totally eliminate the, the well, not totally, but it could, you know, 75, 80% eliminate the need for charting, eliminate the need for billing, right? It could all just happen. But, but the fear of, you know, that and, and, and HIPAA, and there was a couple of other reasons why it couldn't happen, right? But we're poised on the edge, I think, for technology to be a game changer in healthcare. We just need to, we need to get back to being humans and trust each other and realize that physicians have the intent of trying to help, but they're human. Um, you know, your care providers, um, they're human. Um, there's, there's all kinds of stories, right? We just were experiencing on the news, the story of the nurse who pushed the wrong drug, right? Yeah. That wasn't her intent. And the EMR was down, right? She, she, it, there was no drug warning or such because the EMR was down, but yet she was prosecuted, right? Yeah. And the intent I think was, you know, we got to get back to the spirit of intent of what we're trying to do in healthcare. And, and then let technology come alongside the provider space and, and, and help them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a fantastic, fantastic uh, conversation. And, uh, you know, we, we may have, you know, future, uh, you, you have a lot of experience and knowledge in healthcare IT and consulting. And, uh, you know, it'll be very fascinating for future uh, topics. So what is, you know, I know some people will want to reach out to you, get a hold of you, you know, work with you. How can people do that? Sure. 
Um, so I, uh, like Dr. Liu, I'm a podcaster and blogger and content creator, uh, partially around healthcare, but but uh, much like uh, yourself, right? It's just about putting knowledge out there that hopefully helps people. Uh, so the best way to probably find me personally is on my podcast, which is out at techprounicorn.com. Um, and then uh, my company is rpic.com or rpiconsultants.com, but it's at rpic.com. And either of those two ways, you'll be able to get a hold of me. So for all the listeners, um, um, all the resources will be included in the show notes. So it's been a fantastic conversation and uh, we look forward to having you as a guest in the future. Awesome. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What a fantastic show. I hope you enjoyed our very special guest. Just remember, as a shout out to our this week's sponsor, CityVest.com. CityVest gives you access to the best real estate private equity funds with enhanced investment terms, verified due diligence, and lower risk. You can check them out at CityVest.com or click on the link in the show notes below to hear about their upcoming investment offerings. If you enjoyed that episode, don't forget, that's just the free content. We also have paid premium content subscription with better guests, information, updates, and discussions that can't be accessed anywhere else. You can subscribe to our premium content by clicking on the link in the show notes below to subscribe. Just a quick note, members who sign up for the bottom floor price introductory the first year will be grandfathered into that price for life. I expect the monthly subscription amount to increase quickly next year and the year after, so don't delay. I'm excited that you made it for another episode. You are truly the best. If you've been following the show for a while, you know that my passion is to bring you the education you need to find your path to financial freedom. Please come back week after week for new content, new resources, and great guests. Until then, if you haven't already, please be sure to check out the website, www.drchrislewmdphd.com for more support. I'll see you next week.